cogitationis cordis eus in generatione et generationem. The thoughts of his heart are from generation to generation to save their souls from death and to feed them in famine. Words taken from today's introit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear members of the Society of the Sacred Heart, dear faithful, every time a preacher speaks on a certain topic, he tries to convey its importance, which makes it seem like no matter what Sunday it is, or what saint we are talking or celebrating, that is the most important of the year. However, yes, today is one of the most important days of the liturgical year, because with its sister feast of Corpus Christi, because as Saint, as Pope Pius XI said, the Sacred Heart is the summary of our faith. In the middle of the liturgical year, we have the month of the Sacred Heart, like the climax of our liturgical year, because we gaze in wonder at the goodness of God, who spared nothing to save us. Who are we really that God, time and time again, showers us with his mercy? Why does he want our love so much? What can we truly offer God that he does not already possess as the creator of the universe? If we are truly humble and honest with ourselves, when we look at our lives compared to the saints, we are miserable sinners having squandered so many times the gifts of God, choosing the illicit pleasures of creation before our Creator. So often we are miserable. But St. Francis de Sales says, Our misery is the throne of God's mercy. When we acknowledge our misery with humility and contrition, we become like a magnet that infallibly pulls God's mercy to us, filling us completely with his divine grace. Today's introit began with these words, the thoughts of his heart are from generation to generation to save their souls from death and to feed them in time of famine. From generation to generation, God seeks the conversion of sinners to save their souls from eternal death in the fires of hell. God does not turn a blind eye on sin. Mercy doesn't mean that God doesn't see sin. God's mercy, rather, transforms the ontological evil of sin with the indwelling of his grace that expulses sin. Sin not only offends the infinite and loving God, it introduces evils into society and evils into our own soul. Sin introduces evils into a society that is supposed to lift humanity to the common good of their rational nature, leading its inhabitants to God. Sin also introduces evil into our soul that is meant to reflect the most Holy Trinity. Sin is so abominable because it offends the God who is nothing but pure goodness and pure love. Knowing of our Savior's love to the point of shedding his blood in revealing to us through St. Margaret Mary Alacoque 
His desire for us to have recourse to His love, we are impelled to offer our love, small that it may be, in return to appease the suffering of our Savior, offended by sin and irreverence to Him, and for us to make satisfaction for our own sins. This is the object of the devotion to the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. From generation to generation, His Sacred Heart seeks our love. Because God is so good and merciful, He has given us His law. Today's gradual has us pray, The Lord is sweet and righteous, therefore He will give a law to sinners in the way. He will guide the mild in judgment, He will teach the meek His ways. From generation to generation, His sacred heart seeks our love. First, our Lord wrote our participation in His eternal law in our hearts by what we call natural law, which is inscribed in us. Yet, we fall short of these basic natural moral principles to do good and avoid evil. Then with the patriarchs and the prophets of the Old Testament, we receive the revelation of a deepening of our knowledge of the eternal law of God through the Jewish laws and customs. Yet once again, his people fell short. Then in the next generation, the father sends his son to show us the way, teaching us not only by word, but more importantly, by his example. As he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me because I am meek and humble of heart. Yet, once again, we fall short. Then for the next generation, he had his divine heart opened to wash us in his loving blood as a laver that sanctifies and restores all to a pristine, pure, and perfect condition in his sacred eyes. Thus we pray in the preface of the Sacred Heart at today's Mass, while hanging on the cross, the heart opened by the soldier's lance should, as from a well of divine bounty, pour over on us streams of mercy and grace, and that the heart which never ceased to burn with love for us should be for the devout a haven of rest and for the penitent an open refuge of salvation. God never ceased to love us though we ceased to love him by our sins. He never turned his back on us, though we have betrayed him a million times by our sins and our ungratitude. It's easy to love those who love us. It's easy to love someone who has a lot to offer in return. But to love someone who is abandoned, to love someone who is destitute, without money, without family, without any way of repaying us. That is the test of genuine charity. No one can have a greater love for us than God, for without Him we would not exist. Without Him we would have absolutely nothing, and without Him we wouldn't be able to repay Him anything. And then for our modern generation, St. Margaret Mary said, I understand that devotion to the Sacred Heart 
is a last effort of his love towards Christians of these last times in proposing to them an object and means precisely calculated to convince them to love him. How can we not love him who has loved us from the beginning and will love us forever? How can we not love the merciful and infinite love of our God who took on a human heart to suffer for us? If we want to experience the merciful love of the Sacred Heart, then we must imitate his humility. St. Francis de Sales said, Our Lord so cherished humility that he preferred to die rather than abandon its practice. He himself said, There is no greater love than this, to lay down one's life. Now he truly gave his life for this virtue, for in dying he made the most excellent and most supreme act of humility that could ever be imagined. As the innocent and perfect God-man, he humbly accepted death, even death on a cross, to redeem us who had become sinners. In humility and truth, we are sinners and responsible for the suffering and death of our Lord. If the innocent God can humble himself, why cannot we? Unless we make the prayer of the publican our own, our Lord says we will not be saved. The publican, who would not look up but kept his regard downcast, said, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Unless our prayers and devotions resemble this sorrow, this contrition, this humility, and this faith, then like the proud and self-righteous Pharisee, we will not be justified. Who of us isn't still at the beginning of acquiring the virtue of humility? Who of us can perfectly say that we are humble? To think that we do not need to work on humility is to abandon Christian spirituality. The Sacred Heart is thus our refuge and haven of mercy and grace, as the preface so clearly stated, that the heart which never ceased to burn with love for us should be for the devout a haven of rest and for the penitent an open refuge of salvation. Then finally, after having acknowledged our sins, our unworthiness, we now turn to the Eucharist. What preceded Good Friday? Maundy Thursday. What preceded the crucifixion of our Lord? The institution of the Eucharist. What preceded the feast of the Sacred Heart? The feast and octave of Corpus Christi. It is in the holy sacrifice of the Mass that we offer to God the Father the greatest blessing that he has given us, his only begotten Son. We offer him to the Father as the only acceptable offering worthy of God through the priest ordained in persona Christi. Because of God's mercy and love, he gave us his Son, so that we could offer him back to the Father and in him be reconciled to the Father. Thus we pray in today's secret, have regard, we beseech thee, O Lord, 
to the inexpressible love of the heart of thy beloved Son, so that what we offer may be a gift acceptable to thee and an expiation for our offenses. It was the opening of the Sacred Heart on the cross that brought grace and mercy to those on Calvary under the cross. The opening of the Sacred Heart with the outpouring of blood and water was a visible sign of what our souls receive spiritually in baptism, in confession, and in the Eucharist. We are made Christians under the cross as we die to the old man and are born in the new man of grace. Under the cross, we pierce the sacred heart like the guilty soldier Longinus, and we are washed of our sins by the blood of Christ. The Eucharist is indeed the flesh of Christ, and not just any flesh of Christ, but the flesh of his sacred heart, as attested by the Eucharistic miracles of Lanciano and Buenos Aires and many others. The Eucharist is, as it were, the body of the sacred heart. Come to me, all you that labor and are burdened, and I will refresh you. Take up my yoke upon you, and learn of me, because I am meek and humble of heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. For my yoke is sweet, and my burden light. Devotion to the Sacred Heart at one and the same time allows us to make worthy satisfaction for our sins and to be refreshed in the loving heart of our Savior to be nourished on His body and blood in the Eucharist. Other than devotion to the Most Holy Eucharist, what other devotion can do so much for the glory of God and so much to restore His love in our heart and soul? Humility, contrition, repentance, satisfaction for sin, gratitude, confidence, sweetness, faith, hope, love, charity, joy, and peace. It is all here and the Sacred Heart. The Sacred Heart is a treasure of everything that our soul needs. My dear faithful, with the contrite publican, let us humbly pray to the Sacred Heart, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Let us be confident that he will save our soul in his mercy and nourish us on his Eucharistic and Sacred Heart. As he has given us his heart, let us give him our own. Most sacred and Eucharistic heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.